Love our friends over at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com for supporting In Goal Radio, the podcast. Back with you again, middle of August, working our way towards all the training camps, a lot of stuff happening in and around the goaltending world, and we'll bring you all up to date with it. Darren Millard, along with the co-founders of In Goal, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. Gentlemen, we have some news from a big name in the goaltending world in Ryan Miller. Fill me in, Woodley. I can only fill you in as so much as the press release that I saw. So, Ryan, I haven't actually even reached out to him. Um, he is going to be a scout and help Evgeny Nabokov with goaltending development role, the San Jose Sharks. And it makes sense. It wasn't the only hire. Thomas Vanek, both of them also former teammates of Mike Greer. So some some common ties there. Now the general manager of the San Jose Sharks. So that's cool. It's cool to see Ryan Miller back in the game. Wasn't sure which way it would go. We'd heard a lot of stories. He'd been... You know, Darren, here's the thing, like he'd been very active, uh, is our understanding, on the equipment side with the National Hockey League of late, working with Kay Whitmore in the approval process, to actually talking to companies and sounded like had a pretty strong voice in terms of whether new equipment lines were getting rubber stamped or sent back for, for alterations. And so a little bit surprised. I thought, you know, I, I think if you know Ryan, right, just a pure student of the game, uh, loves the position, passionate about a lot of different aspects, including equipment. I thought that might be a fit for him, but he's obviously feeling things out, and now he's going to be working for the Sharks, Would I, which I guess I shouldn't assume would re- preclude him from continuing in the other role, but I, I expect it might. So, uh, listen, the NHL, regardless of what level and what role, is better with Ryan Miller in it, so happy to see him with the San Jose Sharks. As detailed as he was with his gear, Hutch, can you imagine the reports that Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks will get from Ryan Miller, the scout? That's a really good point. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does to put his own spin on the role of a scout because uh, it is a brilliant mind as well, right? And so, so many of us can be a little critical of goaltending scouting without really knowing enough people in the role. And now we've got somebody in the role who probably will redefine the way it's done and have some pretty unique takes on it. So let's hope we get a chance. Maybe he'll be uh, up scouting in the Western Hockey League or something up in Vancouver one of these days, and we can sit down and pick his brain as to how he goes through the process. You know what this whole situation teaches me is always be a good teammate. Like Vanek with Greer, Miller with Greer, going back to their Sabre days, That that's a huge... Uh, illustration of bonds that uh, that can stand the test of time, and you never know which GM is going to become a coach or or a general manager. Good point, and I think if he wanted to, Ryan Miller could end up in that role as well one day, right? Like like he's not just kind of like Roberto Luongo is sort of uh, obviously running the. We had his brother on last week, Leo, running the goaltending excellence department in Florida, but also sort of an assistant to the GM, right? Like has a role, has it has the ear of management is, I mean, if you've ever played fantasy football against Roberto, I've had the pleasure of being crushed many times by him. Like the guy, the guy operates at a different level and Ryan Miller's kind of the same way. If he decides to go into the management side, if this is just a stepping stone for him, would not be surprised at all if he has success. So you're right, Darren. Um, relationships matter and building strong ones clearly matter in this case. That's why I'm always nice to Hutch, because I have a feeling at some point Hutch is going to be in a big time influential position, and I want him to answer the phone when I call. 
Oh, dude, I'm going to get you to come and run the whole media side of some five and six year old hockey team when I ascend the ladder of hockey. I don't want the media job. <laughs> I, I want to be on the nope. bench as a coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's start something. Let's make it happen. I don't know what I can coach, but I just want to be there. I like being down on More the bench. More than me. I, I don't know much outside the blue ice, so you, I'll look after the blue, you look after the white ice. Uh, we should uh, mention, uh, we got uh, so far involved in, in the Ryan Miller, that's my fault, uh, because it's such a, a, a fascinating story. Uh, our feature interview this week is uh, one of the great stories from, from last winter, and Hutch, you had an opportunity to speak to Adam Guyon. I did, through a funny little, speaking of knowing people, uh, my relationship with Eli Wilson meant, meant that I was up at his camp this summer in Edmonton, and the son of the owner of the NAHL team that Adam played for, the Chippewa Steel, and he was uh, at Eli's camp. Son's a goaltender. And as soon as I found that out, I, of course, said, uh, I really hope you can connect us with Adam because we love having young goaltenders on the show, especially ones who have been as successful as him. And so that opened the door and uh, we had a fantastic conversation that just, I've said it before, I love having the young goaltenders on because they are so open. And he shared a whole lot of things with us. He showed a lot of character. He is clearly a very well-spoken, very well put together, mature young man, not even a shred of um, cockiness or ego in it. And yet, filled with confidence and it's a fabulous story uh one that people know to a degree i'm sure who followed the world juniors but um yeah i won't won't tease too much of it just yet but just thrilling to be able to talk to adam today and uh look forward to some future talks because that opened the door for several more i was gonna say like you said people may know him or think they know him from the draft first goaltender taken and and the attention the shine that that comes with as well as the world juniors but like you don't you you did like you're just barely scratching the surface make sure you listen to this interview because there's so much more to it and the confidence impressed me but some of the other things that he's done um to further his own career like actively involved in finding himself places like working like just there are so many different elements here make sure you stick around and listen to the feature interview because it's uh it's a worthwhile one for especially for young goalies and parents of young goalies. I think there's just so much here. Get to the Sense Arena feature interview on In Goal Radio the podcast uh, with Adam Guyan in just a little bit. But first, uh, we'll check out the Hockey Shop source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, the gear segment this week will tie up the CCM Eflex Six Skate and Woody. This is uh, uh, some great uh, technology that continues to evolve with this this set of wheels. Yeah, no, one-piece boot, several changes. Obviously, we know that Step Steel is now the steel provider for CCM and their skates, so you get an upgraded steel in there. Um, so a little bit of custom color options as well, which is not something we've seen in the past from them. I'll let Cam explain all that, but first I got to tell you, like, man, it is so busy in there right now. And I know we've kind of talked about this recently, how there's so much new goalie equipment coming in almost daily it seems certainly weekly at the hockey shop that we can't keep up with the reviews like we haven't caught up to all the new lines and equipment lines and pieces of equipment for the upcoming season that are available at the hockey shop so we highly recommend you go check them out at thehockeyshop.com but amidst all the hype we've we've had for that we've kind of missed a key element there's also sales on 
Because when all this new stuff arrives, that means the previous generations go on sale. And so uh, combine that with the 35th anniversary of the hockey shop this summer, and there are some great deals to be had. Check out the goalie sale section at thehockeyshop.com for all kinds of great discounts. Again, we all want the latest and the greatest if we can, but not everybody needs it, like those of us in the beer league world. Uh, and not all of us can afford it. So there's some great savings on top-end, high-level gear, right down to lower-level, entry-level stuff. It's just never been a better time to get a good deal than right now because they're overrun with new stuff, which means the old stuff must go, and it's all on sale right now at thehockeyshop.com. I'm going to throw a curveball at you and just ask an opinion before we get into the gear segment. Uh, if you were going to go with last year's model and you had your choice of mask, uh, upper body, pants, pads, skates. What would be your first choice? Something that, that you go, okay, I can do this seamlessly and I don't need the latest and the greatest. To me, it would be uh, the pants. But I, I don't know. I might be overthinking that. Hutch? I guess it depends when you ask that question mm. because... You know, when have the greatest evolutions in each piece of gear happened? Boy, you're so brilliant. Were... You, are, you are just <clears throat> so good at this. Just overthinking it. Uh, so, I mean, I would, go, I would say mask because this year to last year hasn't really changed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it was CCM, in which case there's going to be a really big change. So, maybe I wouldn't. Hint, uh, hint, so, hint. You know? So... Uh, what brand do you use? I, I mean, I guess Darren, for the most part, ah, that's a really hard question. Maybe the gloves. I don't think a whole, mm. I don't think there being been any massive leaps in the gloves in the last couple of years. They iterative change that makes a difference for sure. Uh, but in, yeah, I think the pads have had some pretty significant changes, but again, brand related, isn't it? Right. Uh, different brands make the bigger, bigger jumps. So I have waffled around that without answering your no, question. No, but you bring up a good point that it does depend on on which manufacturer. Well, and I'm like, like I'm surprised Hutch can still sit in that seat of his. He's got the fence cramp so far up his butt <laughs> after that answer. I'm going, to, I'm going, I am going straight to, and this is a bit of a cheat on my part because the reality is it's not necessarily last year's models, especially when we see, for example. Obviously, Bauer Hyperlite 2. Well, last year it was the Mach. The Mach's not on sale because that's still the latest and greatest of the Supreme line. So it's actually two years ago. It'll be the Hyperlite 1 that's discounted. Same with CCM, right? Eflex 6 comes out. Eflex 5 is discounted. But last year's model is actually the CCM Access 2. Now, cheating that, I'm going CCM Access 2, boys, because I have absolutely fallen in love with those pads. And yes, I have also grown quite fond of the glove with no finger stalls. I know a lot of people don't quite get to the same level with that, but after using it for a year, I've really liked it and the blocker. So like I like, and I, we've, we've got CCM Eflex 6. Uh, we've got a stiffer version and a softer version. We've got testers using it. I quite enjoy the stiffer version, but there's another level of stiffness in the Axis 2 uh, through the thigh rise and the, that sort of, you know, um, just sort of flat, front face i like i'm digging it i i'm it's rare when we test so many products and play in so many different lines that you find something where it's like geez i don't know that i really want to switch out of this Hmm. but i think i might have found one and that's the ccm access 2 for me and i know not everybody's the same way 
And I know there's a new model coming out next year. We're actually going to be in Montreal this week seeing it. <laughs> Lucky us, along with a handful of uh, professional goaltenders we're going to hang with. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, uh, like, I think it's one of those lines that got a little overlooked. And looking back at it, having used it, um, I don't know if that should have been the case. Wave that flag. Love it. Uh, some great answers from Hutch and Woody regarding uh, that opportunity to capitalize on some sales coming up from the hockey shop. Source for Spurs Langley, thehockeyshop.com. The gear segment this week with Cam and Woody dealing with the CCM E-Flex 6 Skate. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. I'm here with Cam Matwib and Goalie Utopia. We've talked about the E-Flex 6 pads, gloves, blocker. We did the chest protector recently. Today, it's the new E-Flex 6 skates. Cam's got them on the wall in stock in intermediate sizes and senior. What's new, Cam? Let's just let's dive right in. We've talked about a little, this a little on the podcast already with Kaylee Dankevy, uh, the goalie product manager for CCM. Walk me through now that we can see it. Yep. Attractive looking one piece boot. Uh, we should mention custom colors are available. Come stock in the red, but you can get it in blue and green. I think yellow as well. Um, God, you're doing great actually right now. Yeah, see, first time a, for everything, Cam. First from, time for full everything. Full reversal. Yes, he touched on a full one piece boot construction. So we're we getting rid of that extra glue, that extra nailing when it comes in terms of having an outsole of the skate itself. So we're creating better energy transfer because all of your energy is being transferred through. There's no areas where it can give and take away. Um, overall, because, and, and fit too. It just creates exactly. a better fit. Exactly. Uh, adapt the pulled, uh, adapt the flex, sorry, uh, tongue to the skate itself. And all you nice and soft and supple and very easy to mold, actually going so. through the mold, molding process of the skate itself. It helps to create that forward flex inside of that skate um, and help to prevent that lace bite as well. It is, it is a nice, like, we tried to, and I apologize to David Hutchison because I asked him for photos of the tongue because I thought it would look nice and soft. It, you can't do justice to it with photography. Like it really, you sort of have to feel that soft pebble. I like it, Cam. I really. I think, you, I think you're going to have to take it from Kevin here, folks, for, for that one. That's okay. So okay, Cam's lost all feeling in his hands anyways. I've seen him try and catch pucks. There's no point in having him. Uh, gotcha. Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, gotcha. So. Looking into the steel, so... Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh. Yeah, before you get to the steel, it really does help with that forward flex. Like the soft flex, no lace He just bite, can't no get over that tongue. He just he loves I the tongue. I just want to touch the tongue a little longer. He and I just, I likes like the that tongue. Little, you know, I might not be able to fit in this size four like Cam can, but I just like the forward flex. No, there. no. So, you get that overall feel from the tongue, which is great. Again, we touched on the fact that you can order custom inside of these skates. Um, they're building it from the ground up. You're creating a skate that's 100% unique to your foot itself. They touched on the custom color aspect side. There's also a little bit of an ability to change some of the actual foam density when it's coming to your ankles and things like that, whether you need more or less. Um, again, we had talked or quickly touched on um, the steel for itself. So stock, you are going to see step steel inside of the skates. CCM owns step steel. So that's why you're seeing it exclusively on CCM skates now um, in terms of like their manufacturing and things like that. This steel on this skate is already coming pre-radiused as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Custom radius off the rack? Off the rack. Ooh. If you haven't already checked out our video on custom radius steel for goaltenders, you're going to want to go back and refer to it to see what the different options are and where this one fits in. 
Kim, where does this one fit in? So 10 foot 27, so this is going to create that forward tip onto your uh, toes. So uh, a little more rounded on the front half? Correct. A little flatter on the back? Correct. So we're naturally going to have that. 10 foot radius on the front? 27 on the back. So What's the stock radius, Cam? Oh. 27, 28, around there? No, nah, that's like a goalie win, actually. Um, okay, go back and check out our video. I don't want him to go down a rabbit hole here. My bad for sort of creating that possibility. You oh, get a custom goalie radius on stock yes. on the new E-Flex 6 gate. Like it. And step steel, as Cam mentioned, yes. upgraded high-end steel that a lot of us used to pay a lot of extra money for, now included in the CCM E-Flex 6 gate. Three mil, three mil blade. Three mil sure blade. Keeps the weight does. down. Yes. Um, still get the Lundqvist loop in the back. Um, Speaking of Lundqvist, and I like how, and this has been a little bit, but I have an older pair. And it was just fabric back then, and eventually that wears out. I love the fact that they've reinforced it with rubber, so when you use that, it's going to last, because skates last, so your Lundqvist loop should too. Bit of an upgrade as well. So if you want to check them out more, you can check them out uh, on our website, thehockeyshop.com, or give us a call, 604-589-8299, or 1-800-567-7790, and chat about the skate and find a size that would work for you. Intermediate sizes start where? Size 4. So all the way up to full senior. They have it in stock here at the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports in Langley. As Cam said, thehockeyshop.com. If you have any questions about availability, fit. I know sometimes brands, as much as you're going to heat mold them and customize them, fit can be a little different from one brand to the next, whether you have a wide foot or a narrow foot. Cam and his crew here, not just, not just the guy, but everyone he hires, all goalies, all understand the process, will all help you get in the skate that suits your game the best. The new CCM E-Flex 6. Make sure you check it out at the Hockey Shop. Like and subscribe. The thing that, that jumps out at me is the ability to add some some color to your skates. And we've seen, like, all-star games. We've seen players do it. Uh, but it's a one-off for the all-star game. It, goalie skates, I don't know how much you really see the skates any, anyway. Uh, it's a way to be uh, have a little more personality without offending anybody that's a traditionalist. I wonder... Is it the start of something, Hutch? Would would you do you foresee that becoming a thing? I I think it's inevitable that there will be more customization. I would love to see it happen. I love the idea of having personality. I think it's more likely you might end up with one of the mask wrapping companies giving you something to put around the heel of your skate, or maybe even some of the painters getting excited and doing some things on the skates. Because for manufacturers, hockey is a small market, goaltending is an even smaller market, high-level goaltending gear even smaller. To then start customizing uh, right down to the skates, I think, is, is probably a big economic challenge for them. But I would absolutely love to see it. I have this great memory, guys. When I was a kid, I had these Converse shoes and they came with little plastic inserts that you could slide in. The Converse logo itself was clear, and depending on what you wanted to do that day, you could slide in the little blue tab, the red tab, the green tab. You can color them up any way you want. So I'd like somebody to come up with something like that for my skates, so get off home and away or all-star game or whatever you want, because I also can't understand these guys being able to pull on a brand new pair of skates for a game. That's the one piece I'd want to be in for a really long time, despite how great these manufacturers are at customizing. But uh, there you go. Give me some old Converse skates.
I like that. I like that. I like that answer. I think, like you said, the skates are kind of hidden, Darren, as to Hutch's point, scaling it. Like, I think you're much more likely to see almost like his Converse shoes, the ability to sort of stick something on there, which you probably could be pretty easy for the companies that make the mask wraps to create something like that, templates around the different skates. And I think the other part that, that we forget is like, okay, maybe once you get to an age where you're not growing out of a skate, Every year, year in a bit, right? Like parents count on sort of being able to resell those. And, and after you've your kids growing out of them from, you know, until they get to, I don't know, like it's been a long time. I'm an old man. When do your feet stop growing? Like 16, 18? Like, so it, up until that point, I don't know anybody's customizing a one-off. And as far as personality, I love the idea. But like, let's be honest, like we can show personality more than we've ever been able to before. Um, whether it's the graphics on the pads from CCM or Bauer or Brian's with the customs, you know, like actually cut and sew stitch graphics, masks, you don't necessarily need a painter anymore. You got all these companies that do um, decals. I think of like a company like Custom Cages that does a, such a nice job with customized wraps, some of them in a template formula where you can just add your name or your number to existing templates, tons of variety there, or all as well as full custom options. And then even, you know, much like skates, which we don't see much, think of how many goalies have got customized chest protectors and those are stuck under a jersey. So maybe the demand is is maybe more than than I started this conversation by thinking. If we're doing custom chessies, why not custom skates, even if they're hidden by the pads? I just think the Hutch's point scale on that's pretty tough. So it'll probably be an aftermarket thing as opposed to, you know, the manufacturer having to be part of that process. I wonder who the first skater is that walks through the room and sees a little bit of flair on a goalie skate and says, I want to try that. And then we start to see some a little more personality on a defenseman skate or a forward skate. I think that might be the next step where it really gains some traction. Though they all want to be goalies, let's right, be honest. Exactly. You know what, though? Um, on a much more subtle level, I remember this with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I want to say this was three years ago. This is pre-pandemic. Um, you've seen it. There's sort of like a padded carbon layer that they put on top of their skates, like shop blockers. And after Vassy broke his foot, he had it on his Bauer skates. I don't know if he still does, um, but that sort of layer that they put around the heel, they also had like sort of... I don't know if it was laser or like graphics etched into it. And so you're not going to see it, I don't think, from television. But up close in the locker room, I remember him showing me. And it was like quite an intricate design. I I can't remember. It was like like a Russian bird of some sort, uh, if I remember correctly. But like just really fine detail. And then showing me around the room that there were a bunch of guys that had these sort of black layer to help with impact absorption on shot blocks. And they also had sort of custom di- customized design. So at least you know, a few years ago with the Lightning, there was a lot of it. I just, like you said, they're not the custom colors, not something you're likely to see, you know, as a guy skates by on television. But if you're in the room and looking closely, some pretty cool designs. Think about the LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, who had those shiny helmets, the, the silver and the gold, having skates. I try not to think about that. Skates that look like that. Kind of neat. Flying up the ice. Silver against gold. Uh, we've got a great feature interview this week uh, presented by Sensorina, Sensorina VR, Adam Guyan. And this is just a fabulous journey uh, that we've watched from this player. If you don't know the name, you certainly, from the World Junior Championships, watched him play. And the fact that he went through a draft, National Hockey League draft, once and was the first goaltender picked 
this time around is sensational and coming out of the North American Hockey League. I won't ruin the entire conversation, but it does set up this uh, ability to stick with something and be creative and be uh, aggressive uh, with your personality and your game and everything that goes in it. And uh, it's all part of our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR Hutch. Sensorina. And just as this interview is exciting, Sensorina's got some exciting developments uh, coming down the pipeline really soon. You may have seen the public announcement that they now have an official partnership with the National Hockey League. So now inside of Sensorina, you're going to be able to get a whole lot more direct NHL content. And I mean, not just the shooters that we have now, not just the great training plans, but uh, maybe you're going to be able to suit up as a goaltender for your favorite team or in your favorite team's rink. Uh, they're bringing a whole lot more just really great character to Sensorina, which maybe makes it feel a little bit game-like, but it's a real training tool. And I would strongly suggest if you have an Oculus headset, go to Sensorina.com today, download their free seven-day trial, and find out what it is that we're all talking about. It is a fantastic training tool. I was online uh, this week, guys, with a group um, from Ontario, one of the biggest associations in Ontario, and some of the goalie people with the association talking development. And I was asked about Sensorine, and somebody said, hey, like it's, it's not exactly the same feel as it is on the ice. You can't feel that puck hitting your hand or your stick. And, and I had two answers for him. One, it's so real, you'd be amazed how it does kind of feel like it's really happening. Um, I told you that story about my son getting hit in the head in Sense Arena and having, having to actually stop and take the headset off because it shocked him so much. Uh, even though there isn't any real feel happening in there, it's so real, it feels real. But I had the other answer to him. Of course, it's not the same as skating on the ice. Of course, we'd all like to be able to get on a hockey rink in our goalie gear every single day and train or twice a day and train. But I don't know, I don't have $300 an hour to buy the ice every time I'd like to get out there. But $29 a month to get all those great training programs, all those great drills, all those NHL shooters, all the neurocognitive training. It's a fantastic tool that lets us get there much, much more affordably than any other way of training. And it sure beats just bouncing balls off a wall, as fun as that is. It's incredible training for goaltenders. Give it a try today, sensorina.com. Use the code IGM50 to save even more. The first time that you do it and you catch a puck and you shake the puck out, yeah, yes. like, that that's real. I, I, or, I know you can't feel or it. Or drop it. Yeah. Yeah. Or drop it and then bat it away with your stick yeah. if you tried that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's, there, there's a realism there. What's this catching pucks you guys feel? You guys talk about? I'm sorry. It stays in the glove sometimes. <laughs> I know they added marks to your gloves so that you see the puck marks when you make the save in Sensorina. And Kevin's still confused because he's never seen a mark on his real gloves. Do you use a backup stick, a warm up stick, on Sensorina, Woody? I don't. No, I don't. Oh, we should talk to them. We're going to yes. be having a meeting soon. Maybe they could put in a Woodley backup stick. That'd be great. I love hearing the post. Just love it uh, when, when you're doing it. So, uh, yeah, uh, if, if, if you want and you're looking for the realistic uh, feeling of a puck coming off your chest to your blocker, you're, you're not going to get that. But everything else 
when honestly, when you catch a puck and you're shaking it out, uh, you forget that you're even looking through VR goggles. It's reality it's is suspended. Uh, suspended reality in the World Junior Championship last year for Adam Guy. Like the, what we watched and uh, that player coming through and just grabbing our attention. To Hutch, uh, set up this conversation that you had with one of the great stories from last winter. Sure. Look, young man who did not really get a sniff of national team play in his native Slovakia uh, fell in fell in love with the idea of playing college hockey in the United States when he watched the U.S. win the World Junior Championship a number of years ago and realized that all those players played college hockey. And he thought for him that might be the best route to the National Hockey League. So he came over to North America to play in the North American Hockey League in the United States. And when the Slovakian national team roster was announced for the World Juniors, he was not on the roster. He was not top three. I think he said he might not have even been top four. And so he was looking forward to Christmas with his billet family. And then just a number of days before the World Juniors, he gets called in. He flies very quickly. He doesn't get a preseason game or a pre-tournament game. He doesn't dress for the first game. And then he gets tapped on the shoulder and told he's playing against the United States in the second game. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history. He beat the United States. He got a shutout in his next game. And, uh, and then nearly, nearly, it took overtime late into the first overtime. Uh, it took Sid, um, <laughs> I just said Sidney Crosby. To Connor Bedard. That's the ultimate compliment. Uh, the f- that, that is the Isn't ultimate compliment. Isn't it though? Connor Bedard on the 57th shot of the game beat him in, in overtime late uh, to save the game for Canada. So just an incredible come, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but certainly out of left field. Uh, he got his opportunity. He seized it in a big way. And as I think you said, Darren, remarkable to be passed over in the National Hockey League draft one year and then be the first goaltender taken the next year. Fascinating conversation. Uh, loved every minute of it. Adam Guyan is uh, joining us uh, this week on the feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR, a second round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks via the North American Hockey League. Here is Hutch. So our guest has had quite a year this year. He uh, was the first goaltender selected at the NHL entry draft recently after earning the top goaltender award at the 2023 World Junior Championship. Adam Guyon, welcome to the In Goal Radio podcast. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to have you here. Congratulations on a big year and a really big summer for you. I wonder as you reflect on all of it, the World Juniors, the draft and everything that's uh, coming up for you. How are you feeling? And maybe more importantly, has that changed over the last year? Do you feel any different now than you did a year ago at this time? Of course, there are maybe like more things I have to do, like talk to more people and other stuff, but I feel pretty much the same. So I'm a little more busy than I was a year ago, but I feel that I'm the same person I was a year ago. So I don't think that, uh, you know, like I said, many things I didn't change, but there is little more things I have to do now. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're a pretty grounded young man and you would stay the same. I wonder, though, from a hockey perspective, does it take you to a new level in terms of your confidence or maybe how you approach the game, how you're going to approach this season? I don't know. I think that I was good goal even a year ago and I was confident that I can make it to the NHL one day, but I never really had 
you know, chance to show it, I think. And uh, like I said, I think my, my confidence is same now as it was a year ago. So now just maybe other people have more confidence in me, but my confidence was, I would say, same year ago. So oh, <laughs> I don't think that's outstanding. Where, well, where does that come from? Do you, do you think confidence for a goaltender, do you have to experience the success or have you built it through some particular mental skills you've developed or where does it come from for you? I think like confidence comes from hard work. I think that I'm working harder than most of the goalies and uh, it's not, you know, like, of course, it's important to have a little bit of talent, but working hard is the most important. So I think that gives me confidence. That's where I know that. I'm working harder than, than other goalies, I think, and not just on the ice, but I would say like it's important what you are doing all day. So I think that gives me confidence that I can be better than other guys. So I think that's like the main you know, to work hard and that's gives you confidence, I think. It's great. I guess the, the line I've heard people say before is you make your own confidence. You create your own confidence. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so we'll get to the big moments that you've had a little bit later, but let's take it back a little bit. What got you started as a goaltender and why did you want to put the pads on? Honestly, I don't even know. Just my parents told me that since I was two years old, I wanted to be hockey goalie. Oh, what, was two? So, so, yeah, since I was two, I just wanted to be goalie. And then, of course, when I was, I don't know, like four, five, six, I started skating as every other kid. And uh, probably when I was like seven or eight, I started to be goalie when I was skating better. So... So I started when I was, like I said, maybe seven. But since I was two, I wanted to be goalie. So I don't know where it, where it came from. Can you remember any particular goaltenders as a youngster that you looked up to or something that might have made you want? I think when I was like very young, there wasn't, you know, like I was maybe just goalies in Slovakia and goalies in my town. And then, of course, when I was getting older, I started watching NHL and now pretty much I'm watching just NHL. So when I was younger, there was more like, more like goalies in Slovakia, you know, and uh, I, you know, when I was 10 or something, I probably wasn't watching NHL too much, but I was getting older. It's, now it's all NHL for me. So, yeah. <laughs> and I on the future. So as a youngster, um, having taken it up at seven or eight, and then before you came to North America, what was your development like there? What sort of support did you have as a goaltender? So it was a little bit harder in my hometown. It wasn't great with, you know, like we didn't really have goalie coach and uh, I always had to go somewhere else to skate with goalie. And uh, all fours in my hometown, we, you know, there are some players like Philip Meshar was drafted first round a year ago and uh, some other like great players who are in national team. So, you know, like uh, Slovakia, you know, there are some, there are a few good teams, but our teams are not very great, you know, and uh it's probably not the best for goalie when you are winning, you know, 20 nothing and you have two shots a game. So I pretty much played in, you know, like then I left for to play in a, in the worst teams that I have like, you know, 80 shots per game and we are losing 50 nothing. Oh, but wow. it was, you know, my improvement. So I was, I was always, you know, like looking for some opportunity somewhere else in my hometown because, like I said, the work with goalies there wasn't great and it was a good team. So uh, I knew that, you know, I don't want to be winning 15 nothing when I'm younger, but I wanted to be improving to be better goalie later. So I was always looking for, uh, for you know, like worse teams where I can have more shots and going skate somewhere with goalie coach. So. So it's an interesting question that we've often discussed here. So I'd be interested to know what your answer is. Is it better for a young goalie to play for a really good team and build his confidence and practice with really good players? 
Or do you think it's better to play with a weaker team where the games are harder for you, but maybe the practices you don't have the same challenge? So for me, it was like I was still practicing with my home team or I was going, you know, like for a few goalie skates somewhere else because we didn't have goalie coach. But I was still, you know, like from Monday to Friday, I was still skating, you know, in my hometown. And then just for a game, I went to that worst team. But I think I would always choose, as, especially as young goalie, I think it's it's not great when you are playing a good team. Mostly you can see it in Slovakia, like I said, here in USA, there are so many different levels, but in Slovakia, you can see that, you know, those young goalies who are playing for a great team when they are young and those goalies who are playing for a terrible team, then those goalies who played for a terrible team when they are younger, then they are coming to those better teams because they are better mm-hmm. than those, you know, who never had any shots because, you know, when they are younger, they had 80 shots per game and they were, they were losing 50 nothing. but then those better teams wants them because they are better. So I think it's, you know, it's it's different how it works here and how it works back in Slovakia. But I think it's always better for young goalies to, you know, not winning the game, but has as many shots as possible. So it sounds like you had sort of the best of both worlds, which is nice. I, I think it yeah. is similar here. I certainly know lots of goalies that end up playing for some powerhouse teams as youngsters and face that situation. So it's interesting. Yeah. But now, how about you as a goaltender? For people who aren't familiar with you, maybe people who didn't even see the World Junior Championship and have just learned your name through the draft. Can you give us a little scouting report maybe on Adam Guyan? What do you think are your strong points as a goaltender? And maybe are there some NHL goalies that you want to take elements from their game as well? I think I'm good skater. I think now, you know, it's very important for goalies to to be good skaters and skating is very important. So so I think that's one of my strengths and uh then I think my my mobility that you know I can make those tough saves and pack is closer to net and uh I think that I'm competing. You always have to compete for the pack. I think that's you know, I don't understand goalies for not competing. They should be like automatically, you know, to <laughs> pack. And uh then I think my stick handling, I really like to play the pack a lot and maybe, you know, look for some special plays and not just for something simple or maybe other goalies will do. So I think those things. So and what about NHL goalies? Any guys you look up to? My favorite goal last year is uh, last year is Andrei Vasilevsky. Sure, I think he's best goal in the in the NHL, and I love to watch him. Like his his movement and everything is just so clean. So I love to watch him, and uh, then I like to watch Sergei Bobrovsky. So probably those two goalies are my favorite in the NHL right now. Those are two great guys to look up to. How about uh, puck handlers? Who did you like watching as a puck handler? I mean. I don't know. Like, I know that, you know, Mike Smith, you know, when I see some of his videos, he was a great puck handler. And then I think Kerry Kerry Price, when he was playing, he played a puck. Like, you know, he was very calm and confident. So, so I like to watch him playing the puck. But uh, I was just always, you know, like, try to play with the puck, like, on my own, even, you know, like, working home, you know, not just on the ice, but even off the ice. And, uh, you know, then you just have to try it in the games, you know, and you have to be confident in games. So... So for anybody who is listening to this and hasn't yet, we will leave a link to the YouTube video that shows some of your puck handling highlights. Uh, We just saw one recently, and it's remarkable. Uh, Not only that your puck handling is so good, but that you have developed the courage to make plays that not many goaltenders would try in a game. And I'm thinking of lots of up passes to forwards coming back into the zone, not just the simple pass of the defenseman. I think I even saw one with you doing a 360 spinorama right in front of your own net. 
I've seen it yeah. behind the net. I don't think I've seen it in front of your own net. That's very gutsy. Have you had some coaches that are really good about letting you do that? Or have you just done it and put up with them being upset with you? I think like, especially like, you know, when we are talking about the last season in Chifua, my coach Casey Mignon, I mean, uh, he is the reason why I was here. And uh, he saw one of my videos, you know, it was two minutes of highlights. And he said that he watched it like hundred times. And, you know, he was very confident in my sting handling. And he told me that I can kind of do whatever I want. And I remember even before... Before the last playoff game we played, he even told me to play the puck even more, you know. Oh, so, my gosh. Well, like when we played Windigo in the first round of the playoffs, they was kind of like dumping packs to the other corner. So they weren't dumping in the round, so I couldn't play it. Yeah. So he just, you know, even go far from my net and even look for the forwards. So so he was very confident in my Steeling, and I think that's very important, you know, like especially when you are young, just, you know, it's important to have, to have good coach who, you know, let you play the puck and, you know, so you can be more confident in that when you are older. I think uh, Chippewa and Casey will get lots of phone calls now from young goaltenders who want to be able to handle the puck. I think the recruiting for Chippewa just got really easy because of what you just said. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned working on your stick handling away from the rink. Can you give us a couple of things that you do at home, maybe that some of the younger goalies listening might want to try? Yeah, so I think the biggest work I done on my stick and it was when the COVID started. I think it was probably March when I, everything just closed down in Slovakia and uh I ordered so many things, you know, for workout and for sting handling so I can do everything at home. And uh maybe that was the time when other goalies was resting and I just started working even more. So I had like some shooting area on my garden. So I was just like shooting a lot, you know, on my backyard and uh then I was just doing like any type of stick handling, just like, you know, like the passing things and uh, just stick handling. So, like I said, I was I was handling the pack pretty much every day. Like one day I was shooting, I don't know, a few hundred packs. Another day I was doing stick handling. So it was kind of like every day doing something with the stick. And uh, like when I was younger, maybe, I don't know, when I was like 12 or something, I wasn't very confident playing the pack. And I, you know, just was standing in the net and just trying to stop the pack. But now it's like changed, you know, and uh, I'm sometimes more excited to play the puck than stopping the puck. So, <laughs> so I think that's the most important, you know, to first you have to work on it to be confident and then, you know, just trying in the games. And, uh, you know, as you will be trying in the games, you will just see some plays better, which maybe our goalies can see. Like for me, like one thing is skill and that's maybe what I improved the most when off the ice when the COVID started and then just, you know, like, trying to play the pack as much as possible, like on practice, you know, and then it will come in again. So, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing replaces that trying it in a game, yeah. does it? Making those reads. How, how do you work your puck handling in with a team system? Because it sounds like you, I, I can tell you from seeing it, that you have a lot of vision on the ice and things you want to do creatively. But how do you fit in with the requirements of your team? For example, when you, when you went up to the USHL and, and played in Green Bay or would internationally things change, don't they? Yeah, so especially like when I can talk about Chippewa, I mean, uh, it wasn't great, you know, like first few months because the players weren't used to it, you know, like <laughs> that, you know, playing back so much and maybe not just, you know, stepping behind the net, but looking not even for this, but even for forward sometimes. So like I said earlier, I had the GoPro behind it in every game and uh first few months of the season I, I made like so many videos of my sting handling and I watched it with my goalie coach first and uh 
and then with my coach and uh, later in the season, uh, I think it was when I came back from Green Bay, we show it to players and kind of like, you know, talk to them, me and coach Casey, like where they should go. And, you know, I, I put like so many videos that it was probably like five minutes videos just of my stick handlings, you know, and uh, just kind of show them that, you know, that I shouldn't, you know, just go always behind the net and take the puck from there. But I can just, you know, wait, not even in corner, but maybe even harder to be faster out of the zone. And uh, like I said, it wasn't great first few months of the season because they weren't used to it and they're always coming to me. And uh, then later I made some videos and uh, we talked to them with coach and it was a lot better at the end of the season. So I think, I don't know how it will be now in, in Green Bay, you know, but uh, I think maybe we'll do something same. But last year in Chippewa, we did that and it, it helped a lot, you know, to show the players videos, you know, like how it looks on the eyes and maybe even some good things and some bad things. So, yeah. There's a there's a good tip for the coaches out there to actually sit down with some video and explain what their goaltender is capable of doing and helping create some of that system. Yeah, I think like video is the most important, you know, because when you're just talking to someone and they can see it, it's... You know, it won't help them out, but when you show them the video, they can see themselves, like they can see that maybe they could just wait and not go behind the net. So I think the video is the most important, you know, like to show team like what they should do. Nice. Um, okay, so you uh, grew up in Slovakia and then you decided that you wanted to make the jump to North America. Why did you want to make the jump to North America and specifically uh, the NAHL? And uh, how did you go about finding a team? So I decided probably like three years ago that I wanted to play college hockey. So when the COVID started, uh, Jan Lashak, director of Golden in Slovakia, it started making like the webinars with some, you know, goalies who played NCA or some people who were talking about college hockey. And, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking too much about school. I just, you know, I just feel like that that's the best ways for me to, you know, make it to the NHL one day because I saw, you know, how many players from college hockey are going to NHL and that was always my my goal, you know, I always wanted something more, you know, they just play pro hockey in Slovakia or something. So, like I said, I decided probably like three years ago and uh, then after last season, my, after my last season in Slovakia, I knew that, uh, you know, I have to go to juniors first, but uh, because, you know, I never really played in national team or, you know, some international games, I knew that you know, there wouldn't be a chance for me to go to as usual right away from Slovak Junior League. So uh, it was first few months of the season and I made uh, made highlight video and I sent it to Jan Lashak and uh, he sent it to one guy from who is living in USA, but he's from Slovakia. His name is Frank Kolar and, uh, you know, so many hockey people in, in USA and uh, he sent that video to Chipo and they really liked me. So that's how I got here. But I mean, a year ago, before coming to Chippewa, I didn't have any other option than Chippewa. So, yeah, that was my only option, pretty much. <laughs> oh, have things, have things ever changed for you in a year? Now you're uh, over playing in North America. Was that your first time living away from home? Uh, no. So my last two years when I was in Slovakia, I was playing in, like, its farthest town from my hometown. It's, like, four hours. Slovakia is not very big, but... Still, you know, it, it was far and I was living alone at the apartment last year. So I'm yeah, sorry, you were living alone as a, as a kid? Yeah. So I was, my last years in Slovakia, I was living alone at the apartment. So how old were you I then? Know, I have to learn how to cook. I was like 16, 17, I think. Wow. It was like two years ago. So, uh, yeah, I was living alone for two years. And uh, 
when I was 14, I played in Finland. So I was living there with, uh, well, Billet's family, I would say. But when you are 15, you can live alone. They're like, you know, like the Billet's is just American thing. And, uh, you know, I was just 14. So I, I went there. My parents had to flew there, sign some papers. And I was the first player that was living in Billet's family or something like Billet's family. And, uh, well, it wasn't even close to U.S. Billet's family, you know. So it was very, very different there. Wow, you're really opening my eyes to uh, to some cultural differences here. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we have now a lineup of goalies who want to play for Chippewa so they can handle the puck better. And we probably have a lineup of 15 and 16-year-old guys who want to go to Europe so they can live alone to play hockey. Uh, what an interesting yeah. life. Was it a big culture shock, though, moving to North America for you? Oh, uh, not at all. I mean, like I said, I was used to be alone, and even my parents were used to that I'm not home almost all year and uh when i got here i you know like the teammates around me were very great to me they helped me with everything i need and uh i had the best builds here in chipwa even now i'm staying with them you know when i got earlier to the usa before the season so like i said teammates helped me i had the best builds and great coach you know who you know like was kind of even like my agent for first few weeks you know because i was changing agencies so i had great people around me so it wasn't hard at all it was even maybe you know, easy, a lot easier than I expected. So, yeah. That's great. And obviously, you've had a great experience uh, living with the Billet family because I understand they even went to the NHL draft with you this year. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, I mean, I don't know when I talked to my agent that I will go to the NHL draft. And uh, when I told my Billets, I mean, I, I asked them if they will come and they said, like, of course. And uh, <laughs> then mom that it's in nashville and she was like what like are you kidding like they just love nashville you know they are going to nashville every year just for a vacation you know so <laughs> it was there and uh yeah my brother was sitting next to me and then there were even like more people from chipa they made like a trip maybe like 15 people so oh awesome. there were so many from chipa so yeah that's great it's great that you found uh, such a nice home away from home when when you came to North America, what was the transition like moving from the international ice to the smaller rinks in North America, and how did that affect your game? Oh, uh, I think I didn't have to get used to it at all. I think I I like to play on smaller ice a lot more than you know on bigger European ice. So the smaller shit here, I think that works a lot better for me. And uh, you know, I like when the puck is a little closer to me, and I just like you know playing on the smaller ice. I think it's it's easier in with angles and everything. So, you know, it was a little different in Null, you know, when we went to play to Alaska or something. And then it was like even bigger than Olympic guys, you know, it was like bigger than I ever played on. And really? uh, it was hard for me, you know, like I really like, you know, like smaller shit and, you know, the one we had in Chippewa. But there are so many rings, you know, like even for, you know, I like to play Pug a lot, but when we played, like I said, somewhere in Alaska or in Janesville, there is so much space behind the net that, you know, it's it's crazy. I never ever seen green like this before. So, you know, it's not like NHL that everywhere is, you know, same size, you know, and sure. it's very but I like smaller eyes more. And is that just because it requires a little bit more mobility and that's what because of the speed of the game in tight like that, which is one of the things you uh, think of as a skill of yours? Yeah, I think so. Like Obviously, like when, you know, the ring is more, the game is faster. And I like, you know, when the game is faster. So I think that's probably why. And like I said, it's even, you know, you can go to RVH maybe a little earlier and, and all those things. So I like playing on the small rise more. Like you said, it's it's faster. And uh, 
yeah, I think it's better for me. Was is there anything from the international experience? Do you think maybe helped you? Uh, you know, it's known as a game that's a little bit more east west, more more plays being made rather than the the quick move and a shot. So does it create maybe more patience that translated for you over here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There are still like you know, like when you say the patience, you know, I I know that I have to be a lot more patient. So, like I said, I think those you know, like those international games like helps you know like to be more confident and and everything but there is still so much work you have to do to make it you know automatic and not think about it so it's different when you are working on something in practice and then just you know like do it in a game is something different so there is still like so much work and so much adjustment you have to make so yeah yeah really good point about it having to be automatic okay so playing in the null for a while and the World Junior Championship comes up, and that was a big one because you weren't even on the initial roster for the team, and you've mentioned a few times that you'd been not given the opportunity at home to play internationally, and then suddenly you get the opportunity. So can you tell us the story of how that happened? Yeah, so it's a very long story, and I already told it like a thousand times. Oh, so. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just, you know, like uh, I got here and after the no showcase, you know, I, like I said, before the season, I didn't have any, any options other than Chippewa. And after two games I played, I talked to like, you know, 20 colleges and so many USHL teams talked to my coach, they was me. And uh, I just feel like that, you know, it's not the right thing to, to leave Chippewa after a few games because, you know, like a few months ago, nobody even knew about me and no one else wanted me than them. So I decided to stay and, uh, like I said, I was changing the HHC season. It wasn't a great time for me. And then uh, there was still more USHL teams talking to my coach and I had new agent. And uh, then we decided that, you know, I will go to Green Bay for 10 games so they could protect me for next year. So no one else can drop me, you know, and I'll be there for 10 games. And uh, then I will come back to Chippewa and finish season with them as as it was planned, you know. So, so I will help them. So uh, it was, I think, like, beginning of December, I, I went to Green Bay and uh, I won my first game and the other game I had shot out. And uh, that other game, I think I played on Friday and on Saturday, I had played. And uh, on Saturday after a game, I just opened my phone and there was message from goalie coach that, you know, that uh, there is a chance that I will go there, you know, and like I wasn't even on the roster between four goalies before, yeah, like a few weeks ago or anything. And then I just played two games in USHL and he texted me, so I didn't know what's what's happening. And uh, it was last game before Christmas break. So after a game on Sunday, I, I just talked to goalie coach and uh, my plan was to spend Christmas with my Billas in Chippewa. So I drove back to Chippewa and uh, when I got back to Chippewa, I think it was Sunday night, just manager texted me, you know, if, you know, like if I can send him my passport, I did. And uh you know, then he just told me stay in touch. So I didn't know what's their plan. You know, I didn't know anything. I never heard anything before. And then in probably 20 minutes, he just texted me if I can fly tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. So so I flew there the other day. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, I, of course, I was excited to be there. But my best friend, you know, like they sent him back home. And, oh, no. you know, it was weird. But, uh, yeah, I got there and... Uh, then there was like two pre-tournaments game and uh, I didn't play in, in any of those games. And then the first game against Finland, I was just like the the third goalie and probably if nothing 
would happen. I, I wouldn't even be playing all tournament, but the, that first game against Finland didn't go well. And uh, then the other day on the morning scale before the game against USA, just goalie coach told me that I'm going in. So, so yeah, I mean, in in like a week or so, so many things change, you know, and uh, and yeah, so it was okay. it was crazy. What an incredible week. And and an amazing story because so often, as you said, that third goaltender, they don't even think of playing them. And uh, and then you got that opportunity. Yeah, like going there, I was hoping, you know, when I talked to my agent and everything, it's probably not happening that, you know, some of the teams is changing roster after posting it. So we was hoping that when they are doing that, I will have chance to play. But like I said, if nothing would happen, I would just throw the goalie or all tournament, but I was confident that, you know, it's, you know, that I will have a chance and that I knew that I'm ready for it. So, uh, yeah, it, I got a chance and uh, it good. So it was better, but I think it was fine. So, it was yeah. great. I was, I was g- going to ask how you stay ready and confident, but maybe that was all just so fast that there was no time to think. I mean, I don't even know. Like when goalie coach told me on a, like I was a little bit maybe expected that maybe, you know, like I didn't play those pre tournament games that maybe there is a chance that they would give me a chance against Finland. But like I said, they just, you know, said that I'm just third goalie and it was supposed to be like this all tournament. And uh, then when goalie coach told me on the morning before the game that, you know, that I will play, I I was expecting that, you know, maybe I'll be a little nervous or something. But honestly, before the game, I don't know why, but I wasn't nervous. Like, not at all. It was the same feeling like before every game maybe I was even you know less thinking about the result or something so I was just kind of you know playing and I wasn't thinking about anything so I wasn't nervous at all that's that's great now you've you've mentioned your goalie coach a number of times here and since this is a goalie podcast we better give a shout out so who is the goalie coach that you're talking about here mostly yeah so goalie coach was with us at the world juniors his name is Peter Kosa okay so I know him for for a few years, he he's one of the best goalie coaches in Slovakia, and a uh, few times in summer when I have time, I skate with him. So uh, so I knew him before. Great, and and your goalie coach uh, in Chippewa? His name is Dan Oni. So okay. he was there like Monday and Tuesday. But I mean, you know, coming to know, I heard that you know there are not many teams with goalie coach. So I wasn't expecting anything, and I was very surprised that you know we have great goalie coach here in Chippewa. So. So I think that was great, you know, working with him, even though he was there just Monday and Tuesday. But, you know, we always have like morning, like goalie skate before the team skate and then he stay for team skate. And uh, you watch the video, like, you know, after the games and uh, and everything. So it was great to work with him. Awesome. OK, back to the World Juniors. What's the environment like there? I mean, you had to be playing against the biggest, loudest crowds you've ever played before. How do you how do you deal with that going in against? The U.S., who I understand watching the U.S. at the World Juniors years ago was one of the things that made you want to go play college hockey. Um, and then playing the U.S. and then playing Canada, like that environment has to be something completely new. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, like I said, I was playing in all two weeks ago and then I was playing against, you know, players like Logan Cooley and Hughes and other guys, you know, who are almost in the NHL. I mean, they're in the NHL right now, you know, so... So that was crazy, but I wasn't thinking, you know, against against who I'm playing, and I feel like that I'm ready for for a higher level. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, especially like the crowd, like you know, the other games, it wasn't very 
I would say it wasn't very loud. Of course, there are more people than, you know, in, in normal games in, in USA or, or no, but, uh, you know, that quarterfinal game against Canada, like, you know, when, when we got on the warm, on the ice at the warm ups and, uh, like, few minutes later, Canada came, I couldn't even hear anything. So <laughs> very loud. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was something different. It was a great experience to play there in front of, you know, so many people in Canada against Canada. So it was great. That's great. And, and obviously a spectacular performance. We won't dig too deep into that because people can, can read that story elsewhere. But how do you prepare for those games in the tournament? Is, is it so quick that you don't have time to prepare for them? Or do you get an opportunity to watch some video on each team? Uh, what's it like? Yeah, so we always have like, you know, team video. And then I even watched the video with, with the goalie coach. Like it was, you know, like different level of scouting than in all, you know. And uh, yeah, I knew more about the players and power play. And I see so many videos before the game. And uh, and yeah, like I said, it was something different, like the preparation, you know, for a game like, you know, scouting that our team. But then like my own preparation, like all day was... I was doing the same thing as I was doing, you know, when when I was playing, you know, my warm-up was, was always the same and, uh, you know, I have my routine and uh, it's funny that actually, the, you know, like at the World Juniors, like there are so many people around and everything is closed, you know, around the ring so people won't be able to get to the, you know, like sure. where the players are. Yeah. So I always like to find a place for warm-up where no one is around me. So it was very hard there and... Uh, in like the group stage in Moncton, it there are so many people walking around me, and of course I didn't like it, but I have my spot, you know, where you know, like no one was so close to me when I was, you know, like juggling or something. And uh, then in Halifax, I mean, I I was at the hallway, and it was after I think Czechia and Switzerland played, and right when I was warming up, you know, like I have music and and everything, I'm just listening to music. I have always like the same songs and it's the same time you know and it always works for me you know and right. uh and that game like the Swiss was just taking like all their all their stuff to the bus because they were leaving oh so the only i didn't have time to finish my warm-up of the eyes you know which is even more in, like always of warm-up of the eyes is even more important for me than warm-up on the eyes and uh the only game when i didn't have time to finish it was the game against canada so <laughs> It's it's kind of big game. So many people are going to watch, and I didn't even have time to do my you know warm up for the first time. I was like, well, I think that I just have to play. So, <laughs> yes, and it's I wasn't thinking that it's different game. I prepare for it like for every other game, and yeah, that's funny. That the only game I I didn't do my always warm up like you know when I didn't have time to finish that was the game against Canada because you know Switzerland was taking all well, their stuff right. Up, so that's amazing how you have to adapt to all those things. Um, and just I would love to pull on the thread of your warm up and your cool down and get into details, but I don't have all night with you. So maybe one day we can come back to those things because I think they're important. As you mentioned, um, your confidence I think comes from hard work and your preparation. So I'm sure some young goalies would love to hear some of those details. But you finished the tournament. Um, a 2.40 goals against average and 9.36 save percentage. Just an incredible performance. Uh, congratulations. But I wonder, we've heard from a number of professional goaltenders that they find moving up to a higher level in a way can be easier because the play is maybe a little more predictable. Uh, the shots are maybe a little bit more consistent. There's The reads are, again, a little bit more consistent. Did you find that in any way when you jumped from the Null to the World Juniors? 
did it maybe get a little so, bit easier? I think so that, yeah, going on high, high level is a lot easier than, you know, going back. And, uh, you know, I can, I saw it from the both sides. You know, I went from NOL to USHL and I have great two games there. And uh, then I went to World Juniors and, uh, you know, I think like it was, I was ready for higher level and, and for, for faster hockey. So I think that was, you know, that was good for me. But, you know, as I said, it's easier to go on higher level than, than going back, like, you know, like coming back to Chippewa, you know, after those 10 games in Green Bay. And uh, I remember on Friday, I had probably my, you know, like hardest game and the best game in USHL against Madison. I have like, I don't know, around 40 shots and like two or three goals. And uh, like Chippewa wasn't doing great by the time when I was in Green Bay. So like I said, Friday, I played in Madison and my builders from Chippewa came to Madison and drove me to Janesville. And on Saturday, I played in Janesville and, you know, like, I think I like I played six games in USHL. I won five, then I had great tournament at the World Juniors, you know, and uh, so everyone was expecting, you know, and even I was expecting from myself. And uh, then the game started and, you know, like my preparation, everything was as every game before. And after a few minutes, I kind of feel like it's boring. You know, it's so slow. <laughs> and 30 minutes of play, it was already like, I don't know, 7-2 for James. So I was like, what is happening? You know, like this. <laughs> more goals in 30 minutes than you know like in four games i got scored at the world junior so i was like what is happening and the game ended i ended i think like nine five so oh my gosh all game and uh yeah you know like coming back after two months you know of barely losing any game to you know got scored nine times in gents it wasn't great but then our 12 games i think i just i never got scored more than twice a game so you know i knew that i just it was maybe a little fast, you know, like even without practice and everything. Like I said, on Friday, I played USHL. And then on Saturday, right away, I went to Janesville. I just dry my gear in the bathroom and uh, <laughs> everything. But yeah, nobody was probably expecting they will score nine times that game. So it's a lot easier to go on higher level than going back. <laughs> that, I mean, that had to be a frustrating experience. Um, you sound very strong mentally. Do you manage those things on your own or do you have somebody you talk to to help you get through some of those frustrating times? So when I mentioned that, uh, you know, Jan Lashak, when he started doing those webinars, when the COVID started, the one was with Jan Mulfight. He's like one of the best mental coaches in, uh, he's from Czech and uh, he's working with so many like Olympic winners and professional, you know, athletes. And uh, I was following him for, last years and then after all juniors he he texted me that you know he if i want to that he would help me to get to another level so so now i'm working with him but uh i mean you know it's like once in two weeks or something and we're just talking about other stuff but like after a game i mean like, like especially like that game against jensville it was kind of like different feeling because you know i'm i'm hard on myself but i you know maybe when there is some game we you know, I just got scored on three times. I was even more angry after that game than in Jensil because in Jensil I knew that it wasn't me and that I actually couldn't do anything about, you know, like to get myself going. So I wasn't very upset after a game. I know that it was just one game. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of, like I said, I'm hard on myself, but then on the, there are some games when I was still upset the other day, you know, like because I was angry on myself that I didn't have help team as I should, but yeah, then, you know, after, you know, you get on the ice again, it's it's fine. So, 
it will be always happening. You know, you you can have shut out every game. So no, for sure. That's that... what I because I always believe that you know, like every game starts zero zero, and that you know I can have shut out every game. And yeah, I am. You know, I should more like just calm down and just focus for the moment and not for the results. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, that that's really good. Do you have any specific techniques that you've learned from him? Uh, for dealing with some of those difficult situations, like some a routine you use if you get scored on or when you're starting to feel angry, anything you do specific? Not really. I mean, it's sometimes it's, you know, hard, but you just always have to realize that you can change what happened and, you know, just focus to stop another shot and, uh, you know, not trying to think about, you know, like how the game will end or, you know, what could I have done better. And uh, that's sometimes hard for me because I can, like, right after something happened, what I could have done better, like, right after I know what I should have done different, you know, so it's, it's hard to not think about it. But I think, you know, like, like I said, maybe when I was younger, I was playing those worst things. And I was, you know, they score even like sometimes 20 goals in a game that maybe, you know, I just forget about it. And uh, yeah, I think just like breathing is important, like before the game, I'm doing always Wim Hof breathing exercise. So oh, Wim Hof just breathing, try. okay. So I think that's, that's important. Like I said, just Sometimes it's hard, but you just have to realize that you can change what happened and, uh, you know, that it won't help you in, you know, that it won't help you to stop another shot when you'll be thinking still what happened a minute ago. So nice. Oh, well, now you've really got me excited about your pregame routine, talking about the breathing now, too. But we'll get to that one day. OK, so here we are 35 minutes into a conversation with the first pick in the NHL draft amongst goaltenders, and we haven't talked about the NHL draft very much. So uh, let, let's get to that. How about the combine? Did you prepare specifically at all for that? Or did you just go and see what the experience would be like? Maybe talk to somebody beforehand to learn about it? So like from the from the physical part, you know, that was probably just like three weeks after my season. So I kind of rested for like week and a half and I was working out for a week and a half, you know, to prepare a little bit for testing. But I think that, you know, like those interviews, I I knew that it could that it can just help me like uh you know, I'm just always trying to be myself and not, you know, talking about some things which are not true. So I talked with my agent about a few stuff, but I, I don't think I was preparing too much. I think I was, you know, like all year I was talking to so many teams. I knew that, you know, it would probably be different at the combine, you know, that, you know, during the season I was just talking to one guy on a video or even when they came to cheap wise and you know, I think that that was fine. I just knew that it would be maybe a little different, you know, and there will be 10 scouts in the room and some cameras, but uh, actually I was expecting that I would be a little nervous. I talked to Philip Meshar, you know, like he'd been at the combine year ago, so I talked mm -hmm. to him and he said that he was nervous, so I was expecting that, you know, maybe when I'll be there with those 10 scouts in the room that I would be nervous, but honestly I wasn't at all and I was just talking as, you know, if I was talking to one guy, so uh, so I think that that was fine. I didn't prepare for it too much. Like I said, I just talked to my agent a few times about a few things, but uh I was just myself and like I said, all the interviews like all year was was fine for me. So I didn't feel like that I have to, you know, think about what I will say when they will ask something. I I was just always myself and uh yeah, I think that every interview they combined went went okay. So yeah. So many people want to know what the craziest question is that you got at the combine. I'm a little curious about that, but I'd also like to know, did you get any goalie specific questions? I mean, like, I think I talked like 20 teams or something at the combine. And uh, I would say that like 
every interview was pretty much same and not hard question, just like Colorado was a little bit different. Like Avalanche, they did like, you know, like so many games and, you know, it was kind of like very different form. You know, it wasn't just talking, but you were like, you have like three options and the paper was, you know, like turn the other way and you then turn it back and you read what was there. And that was very different. And uh, then the only tough interview was in Montreal, you know, they were trying to like push on you so much and trying to make you uncomfortable and they're just waiting how you will react. So I think that was a little harder, but I think I had like, you know, good answers. So, so I mean, you know, there are like, like the question I remember from, from Montreal, I think he was uh, like the mental coach or psychologist and uh, he, he kind of, you know, like make a story, you know, that, uh, that, you know, like I was watching at the world juniors, he was great, like blah, blah, blah. You played, you know, then you got back to Noel. And uh, after I was watching at the World Juniors, I was like, you know, I was like, there is no chance that, you know, that our team will won. And he even remember like the date and everything. And he said like, so I came to game against Win against Windigo and I bet, uh, I don't know, he say $500 that you will win because I knew there is no chance that they will win. And then after first period, it was for nothing for them. Why? Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> so those type of questions from Montreal, <laughs> It's uh, tougher, but I think I had I had good answers on it, and there are more questions like this. So that's the one I remember. Was he just trying to make you feel uncomfortable that you'd lost him a bet, or was there a question that came up after that? Like I said, it was kind of, of course, like he wasn't at that game, you know, the psychologist, uh, of course, he didn't bet for that game, but sure. he was just kind of trying to make me uncomfortable, and they were looking for, like, the worst moments of the season and just waiting for how I will react, but... I think I did good and I think that I had good answers. So yeah. That's that's interesting that they prepare so carefully for one person. Yeah. Um, was there anything goalie specific in the in the interviews? I would say that most of the teams didn't have their goalie scouts there, but they're full like let's say, you know, like Devils, there was goalie scout and I talked to him a lot and uh no, I didn't remember before combat I met with probably like four or five goalie people, you know, from Devil. So they are very interesting and, uh, you know, they are very goalie specific. So, uh, yeah, there are some teams with, with goalie scout and it was more talking about the goalies, but uh, most of the teams, you know, like, uh, were just like normal questions. And, uh, of course, like every team asks you about your strengths, weaknesses and how you play and, and all those things, how you prepare for games, how you handle when the things are not going your way and, yeah, like I said, the only maybe little different meeting was uh, was with Montreal and a little bit tougher. Interesting. Okay, so you got through the Combine. Uh, did you meet any goalies you hadn't met before at the Combine? Did you make any new friendships there? So I met uh, Rabal. Then I met, uh, I think I met pretty much every goalie. I met Bjarnason, uh then Fowler and, and all of the guys. So... So with Rabal, actually, like, you know, he's, he's Czech and Slovak, so we have kind of pretty much same language. So so we played NHL and uh, on PlayStation. It was funny because we played, like, the World Juniors roster. Yes. And uh, it, was, it was just, like, freeze. And uh, I think I beat him, like, 12 to 1 or something. So I mentioned that a few times that he has to work on his NHL skills, you know. So That's funny. And with a few goalies there, and, uh, yeah, especially with Rabal, you know, I, I spent more time with him, so... I didn't meet him any, like, you know, before the combine, but at the combine, yeah, we became friends. So, yeah. 
Nice, nice you've stayed in touch. That's cool. So, so the NHL draft. Were you nervous, and did you have any idea of who might be interested in picking you? To be honest, I believe that it'll be Chicago thirty fifth. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, I I was talking a lot to Chicago, and especially goalie scout from Chicago. Like, you know, he was always texting me so much. You know, even when I, you know, about anything, you know, like he called me a few times. And uh, and sorry, who was, was that? Uh, Dan Ellis, goalie okay. scout. From, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a great guy. He talked to me a lot, and he maybe even told me more than other scouts. And uh, and I knew that they were very interesting. And uh, even, you know, my agent told me a lot that I maybe knew from my agent more than other guys knew from their agent. So so I believe they will be Chicago 35th. And, you know, they were saying that they will, be, that they will take me 44, but I always believe they will be 35th, so they won't be risking. And, uh, yeah, like... You know, there was maybe little hope that I can go first round, but it was kind of just like maybe, but probably not, you know. But like I said, I was waiting for it for the fifth pick and they just said cheap one. I was already standing. I didn't wait for my name. So <laughs> I, I, I was ready for it and I was hoping that it will be Chicago. So, you know, like even at the combine, you know, when I talked to all the slower guys and I told them like, I don't know about you, but I... I know. I just know that I will go to Chicago, you know, and all the guys are like, no, you are not going there. And, you know, there is no chance. Like, you know, even like when I talked to that Philip Mesher, like he he would never guess that Montreal would pick him. So I was like, well, I'm not saying they will be Chicago, but I believe, you know, that they will take me 35 and they did. So then everyone was surprised. But I just feel like that, you know, I talk a lot to their goalie scout and uh, I just feel that they're very interesting. So, so yeah, I, I was kind of like hoping and expecting chicago so yeah <laughs> that's that's really cool so they selected you and off to uh development camp and chicago's development camp was a little bit unusual this year wasn't it yeah so i think like draft was first day and we flew there like 6 a.m on friday so it was right other day you know and uh it was very early and we got there and uh yeah i just sent like probably four bags of gears with my parents back to Slovakia and you know, like gear after all year. And uh, in two bags, I have gear for development camp, but we wasn't on the ice. So uh, <laughs> turned on the ice and we just have workouts and they just wanted us to, you know, get to know each other better. And they thought that that's what's important in summer. So uh, yeah, it was a little different, but I think they knew they are why they did it like, you know, without ice. And uh, I think it makes sense. So yeah. Did you uh, did did you learn anything, or did you get any homework from the Blackhawks out of the draft and development camp that you were working on this summer? Not really. Like I said, all year I talked to goalie scout from Chicago a lot, and uh, you know we kind of talk even about my future and about the things which I have to improve and what I have to work on. So so that weren't much. Like now, of course, there are like so many people from Chicago. You know, like nutritionist, mental coach strength coach and our guys were talking to me so you know that's great that you have like more research like uh you know other guys for take for trying to take care of you but uh we weren't talking too much about some specific things which to improve like i said i i talk about those things all year with with goalie scout so there sure. wasn't much at the at the development camp so what do you and what did you and dan agree on for this summer for you to be working on though so I think it's like last three or four summers. I'm always uh, in Slovakia. It's like the best 
of ice, you know, like the workouts practice center there where there are like the most of athletes. So I'm always there for a few weeks. Like this summer was a little bit, you know, just flying back and forth. So I was there just for a few weeks and uh and then I was, you know, like skating better with a few goalies and uh like early August I got back to USA. So uh yeah like I said it wasn't anything specific. I think that my summers last few years, you know, I I think I improved in summer a lot, you know, and uh maybe working more than other guys. So so there wasn't really much which I feel like that I have to change. Nice. Okay, so I have to ask, is it nice to know that you'll be playing one day with Connor Bedard instead of against him? Well, I still didn't make it to the NHL, so I don't know 100% if I play good with answer, him. Good answer, good answer, yeah. I will make it one day. I know that it's still a little far, but like I said, I'm confident that I will make it one day. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we are we are joking about it, of course. Everyone remembers, you know, that, that overtime goal. And, yes. uh, and yeah, I remember Matt, he, I met him... Uh, even before the draft at the combine, I was in a gym with him and uh, we talked a little bit. And uh, I told him that Chicago is very interesting. Like, you know, there are no doubts that he's going to Chicago, like everyone knew about, you know, right after lottery. So uh, I told him that Chicago is very interested and uh, that we might be teammates one day. And then, you know, we'll be just against each other at practice and not in games. So we are joking about it. And then month after it happened. So, so yeah, that, that was funny. Yeah, it is. And for those who haven't seen the World Junior game yet, it took 57 saves for that to happen. There are 57 shots. So pretty, pretty amazing. Um, What from your perspective in goal uh, sets him apart? Could you see anything from that experience on the ice that makes him special? Like I said, we were on the ice at the development camp. So I wasn't, you know, with him or something. But I mean, like I said, when I was, you know, two weeks before World Juniors, I was still in Noel and I remember, you know, when NHL posted like his highlighter or some goals he scored, uh, you know, on Instagram. And I, no kidding, I, I was watching it like, you know, 10 times in a row, like it was something unbelievable what he did. You know? So I think just, you know, like how fast he can think, his hockey IQ and, you know, he's so fast, great skates or great shot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone can, can see what he's doing on the ice. So he's, different player than other guys yeah and and i don't mean that for this to be a show about connor at all because this is about goaltending and about you but what can somebody learn i guess from playing against him uh did you alter your approach when you played against him did you go in knowing he was on the ice and have to be ready for that uh what what happens for you as a goaltender honestly i don't remember much from that game because i didn't feel probably not thinking much I was barely standing there and uh <laughs> so yeah, I mean I of course, you know, when you know when there was face up, I just, you know, of course saw that he is on the ice, you know, like you can't see that. But uh I don't think that there was any like specific preparation for him, you know, like Canada has a great team, you know, like almost whole team just in the first round, so you can't be just focused for one player, you know, like of course he's somewhere else, but you know, like every player can score so we just can be focused on him and uh like i said i don't remember much from that game so uh yeah <laughs> just from those after okay we'll get finished here really quickly because i've taken far too much of your time but just uh this year coming up you're playing in the ushl in green bay is that right yeah yeah so i'm going to green bay for one more year and then i should go to duluth if nothing will change minnesota duluth nice 
Um, well, we wish you well this season. I know there's going to be a whole lot of people who listen to this show that will be following along and seeing how your season goes in the USHL and looking forward to seeing you in the Chicago Blackhawks organization one day as well. Thank you so much, Adam, for taking the time with us on the podcast today. And I hope it's the first of many appearances as your career grows. And I, I do hope we can get back to some of those routines and talk about those one day as well. But uh, I wish you well this year. And thank you so much for taking the time with us. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it. That's a cool conversation. Congratulations on uh, on that get, Hutch, because uh, that's a story that is going to have a couple of chapters added on to it. But it's hard to argue that the the cover isn't already printed, given what we witnessed last year. Yeah, fabulous young man with so so many takeaways, and I've I've already shared a number of the stories with people that I've spoken to today about how how enjoyable that was. And so many more threads I want to pull on. So looking forward to staying in touch with them. For example, we didn't even get into his game day routine and he's got a just as detailed post game routine. I loved hearing him talk about his experience in the world juniors when he couldn't quite get those dialed in the way he wanted to, either because of the space allotted in such a busy tournament or the time as I think he said it was Switzerland that was unloading all their bags from the rink as he was trying to cool down after a game. And uh, so I want to pull on those threads with him. Um, I talk to Maddie about the puck handling. Again, that great puck handling video that we were talking about earlier, and we'll link in the show notes. And he said, you got to get him on to do some yeah. pro reads, looking at the GoPro from behind the the uh, net and just like, what did you see? Why did you make that choice? That you're going to put out, uh, people, go watch this. As yeah, you listen so to this good. podcast, go watch this reel of Adam's puck handling. It's staggeringly athletic and quick but not out of mm, showy it's 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 no they're, they're it's reads. necessary it's he's making he, reads. He, you watch his head while you while he's doing it it's fascinating yeah. but also kudos to his coach in chippewa because 99.99 percent of coaches would be pulling their hair out with somebody puck handling like this a 360 in front of his own net to avoid a four check so what does his coach do he encourages him to handle the puck more. When the defensemen get frustrated with him handling it so much when he first arrived, because they're just not used to it, the head coach has him sit down with video to explain to the team what he's doing and what he needs them to do so that he can support mm -hmm. them better. And remember, this isn't just about being flashy and supporting a breakout. You're saving your defensemen from getting plastered against the boards. What, what an incredible opportunity that this coach has given him and his development. It's not Ron Hextall like, firing it down the ice it's awesome eight foot ten foot passes woody it's precision man he moves the puck better than some nhl defensemen for crying out loud in terms of the reads he makes and the, and the way he's it's not about the passes being like super fancy but it's just you know the look offs and then throw it around and there's an open guy and he knows it's an open guy and there's nobody there's no pressure the way he must like his defenseman once they figure it out must love the fact that he they the, the amount of pressure he must take off them and, you know, I know when the Blackhawks drafted him, it was one of the first things the general manager cited was not just the upside and, and stopping the puck, but just how well he handles the puck. So um, good for him. And I got to say, like, that's three goalies now that we've had on this summer from this year's draft class 
Um, and they've all been phenomenal. Scotty Ratzlaff, um, Carson Bjarnson, and, and and now Adam Guyan. And like I'm sort of making a note to myself, like maybe next year, Hutch, we just got to go to the freaking draft and start picking these guys off at the draft because the conversations with these kids are awesome. Although I will say, I do like hearing about development camp too and the process for them taking that next step. So, um, but yeah, like just the future is bright, eh? Like the future is bright for the position as much as we hear a lot about you know, the players and the skill coaches and how they're catching up and, and getting ahead of the goaltenders, man, there's been some pretty impressive conversations with some pretty impressive young men that have come out of the draft this summer. And I look forward to more more from this draft and more in future years as well. Think about how much less time Adam's defenseman will spend behind the net compared to the team that they're playing against. Like just stand or plastered there. face first into the yeah, boards, or, or or that, but just doing that mm-hmm. that standard stand behind the net or D to D breakout. He, he's doing all that, and you guys already missed out on Nashville. I'm sorry, this year's draft, like that was the place to be, Nashville on Lower Broadway, right. doing all your research. That would have been the place to be. Except next year, sounds like a pretty good opportunity. You guys have heard the Is rumblings? It? Where are we going? Eh, come on over. Oh, yeah. Oh, Come on over. There's a strong possibility that it's coming. It hasn't been announced yet, but there's some rumblings that it might be Kay. on the strip. Okay. I, I got dibs on the biggest couch, Darren. I, I'm not cool enough for Nashville, but, you know, if you give me a year to prepare, I might be able to make myself cool enough for Vegas. You guys have talked a big game. Like, we have. We Brandon have. Brandon Burke's school, Valley Gold Hitting, and all that kind of stuff. Have, no, you guys talked the not, game. I don't know whether it's ever going to happen, but you're always invited. The travel budget. This is why folks need to subscribe to In Goal Magazine yes. Premium Edition. So, so we can go to we Vegas. Can <laughs> increase our travel budget <laughs> to get to more events to bring you more great content. And speaking of great content and speaking of travel, we're going to Montreal this week to get more of it. But we were in Kelowna two weeks ago, and that content is starting to make its way onto the site. First per reads from Lorem Brassois. We sat down with him. So cool. That's live. It was a great one. Uh, we got a skating drill that went up today uh, with uh, Capo Kakin and James Reimer and Thomas Spear of the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, Rhymes not with the Sharks anymore, but um, just a sort of uh, just a quick chase the goalie coach around the crease, but alternating pad up, pad down. I'll let you watch the video and let them explain it to you. Really good footwork drill, really, really good for skating on your knees uh, that Thomas shared with us and, and Kapo gave me some quotes on and we've got the video. We have an old school Nabokov drill coming. We have so much content coming from our week at Net360. So make sure you subscribe to ingolmag.com and not just so Hutch can go to Vegas next summer. Oh, before we and hold on, we also spent some time with James Wenland in Kelowna. Oh, so we got five damn right. things for your feet now, too. So, yeah, even more. And we're thinking about everybody in Kelowna, e- Eli Wilson, all of our friends oh, up there. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, that Adam are, 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 are battling Adam, uh, of course. Uh, so many people in the hockey world uh, retire there. Oh, or live there, uh, have moved there. So uh, hearts uh, and and prayers and best wishes going out to everybody in the Okanagan Valley, as well as uh, Yellowknife and uh, everything that's uh, that's that's crazy uh, happening in our world right now. As you guys fly to Montreal, can is there any wedding of the appetite that you can provide here for what you're going to experience in Montreal? 
We're going to experience gear that nobody else gets to see yet, so <laughs> tough nuts. That's pretty good. A little bit, little bit of a tease. That's our We're life. getting to see some very good goaltenders seeing that yes. gear for the first time as well. Which will also be very cool. Handful of young pros in the gear. Um, one really big name. We haven't locked in how much time we'll get with him, but we will be spending some time with Devin Levi of the Buffalo Sabres while we're in Montreal. So really looking forward to that um, through the CCM event, perhaps elsewhere as well. We're not, again, not confirmed. We don't want to jinx anything. Don't want to speak out of turn, knocking on wood as I say it. Um, but yeah, some really cool gear, Darren, that we're going to get to see. And um, it's, that's a cool part of the job. Like the reality is, we normally have a really good handle on what's coming for the following seasons long before it comes. The hardest part is keeping it to ourselves, but uh, we're on our best behavior. We'll share anything we can share from our time <laughs> in Montreal. Let's put it that way. Can I share my specs with you? You guys, you guys have that, right? Yeah, we do. Right. Make sure okay. you send, yeah. send, send us an updated, oh, yeah. updated specs. Oh, it's, a, it's a little firmer around the midsection. Let's just go with that. Everything else is okay. A little... Well, firmer or wider? It's firmly uh, wide. I mean, firmly. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I think my specs are actually getting lower as I continue to get smaller and smaller in my old age. I am shrinking. I hate it. I shrunk the most when I had the back surgery and they removed the disc, but I feel like I'm still shrinking. That's great. I, I met somebody else this summer that had that same thing happen where they went down uh, in size because of that. I didn't realize... I thought you were kind of joking the uh, the odd time about it, but it does happen. That's wild. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it does, but also I am joking too. But like, yeah, people do I, shrink. I'm, I'm shrinking. I'm shrinking. Help <laughs> me. Are you uh, over six feet? I used to be. <laughs> in, in big shoes, he is. Yep. <laughs> I used to be, Darren. Woody, but... are you uh, uh, taller than than Hutch? <laughs> yes, that A I can lot. say quite which definitively. Hutch? Hutch? I am. Which one? Yeah. The one closer to my age, yes. The old yes. one, the old one, yeah. <laughs> I know he's got small hands, but I wasn't sure about uh, the actual size. Hutch, yeah. sorry. Let's just say his kids bless that their size on the other side of the family in the gene pool. <laughs> Very uh, much so. Gentlemen, um, awesome stuff on the website right now. Uh, really uh, been fun watching it. The, the uh, Lauren Bressois, uh the pro rates was, was really cool, the way he was breaking it down. Like, normally he does this, but he, he came over and did that. And why he he went away from his normal safe selection? It was it's it's really cool. And that uh, video link the, in the in the show links uh, video of Adam Guy and uh, puck handling is going to blow your mind. And I guarantee you, you will go out in your next game or your next practice, and you will try it, and you probably give the puck away. But that's okay because it's part so of, get of, of of make and just being. Uh, motivated by by something and it's it's really cool to to watch him do that and for a big man he's six foot three he he moves he really does skate well that's the, the that's the other part of the the puck handling once you see the video folks watch one of the keys is he's out there early the way he moves on his edges is really special too oh, awesome yeah, you can't uh, be a good puck handler if you're not a good skater nope uh you're right about that and that's why uh woody and i always play one up uh, on uh, who's the worst puck handler <laughs> on our on our free talk. I'm terrible. Hey, no, I'm worse. You... I'm worse. 
give you another tease something coming down the pipe is a very interesting game slash drill to improve your puck handling oh brand new game we saw the invention of this game last week literally saw it go from a goalie coach's mind to reality and watch it stoke the imagination and fuel the fires of the first young goaltenders and then also pros as they got to play this game literally other people watching the first time and then being like I went in on that. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be up on the site at some point? Uh, Hopefully some point, in the yeah. next week. At some point, yeah. Hopefully okay. in the next two weeks. And uh, guess what, Darren? It involves puck handling too. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it right here on Ingle Radio, the podcast presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. Thanks to Cam. Thanks to Adam. Uh, thanks to Hutch and Woody. And uh, of course, a uh, big uh, shout out to you listening. Uh, we appreciate your comments. Uh, send them in to us. Uh, we've uh, answered your questions, uh, all kinds of questions throughout the week. And uh, Hutch is great at uh, getting back to you. And we'll continue to do so on In Goal Radio, the podcast. Mm-hmm.